Hey, everybody, Christian Pedersen joined by Dan Dickow. We are back for another edition of the Mailbag podcast that we do here at Gonzaga Nation. That's where we answer or we we all collectively ask Dan Dickow, our genius basketball resident mind, <laughs> your guys' fan submitted questions that you got to us on social media at Fan Nation Zags on all the different platforms or to Dan at Dan Dickow 21. And as while you're at it, you might as well subscri- subscribe to Gonzaga Nation wherever you get your podcasts. First one, Dan, is going international, and we've been talking about Coach Few the last couple of weeks. So we had some people asking, what was your international playing experience like, either for Team USA or for any international squads? Well, uh, I actually did have a chance to play for Team USA. So I got to represent our country uh, back in college. I played in the World University Games. Um, it was in 2001 in Beijing. Um, and so the team was made up of, as it's called the world university games, you have to be a current college student at the time um, or loosely enrolled in, in college classes. So myself, Juan Dixon, uh, Lynn Greer, Andre Barrett, uh, Chris Owens, uh, Melvin Eli are a couple of the names that maybe, uh, you know, some, some big time hoop heads would remember who those guys were as well. Um, You know, we were on the team. We went back to, to Beijing um, and we actually uh, were the first team, unfortunately, in that tournament to lose in about 20, 30 years from the United States. So we ended up losing in the semifinals to China in Beijing in, a, in an arena, in a stadium that was filled with about 14,000, 15,000 uh, screaming, rabid Chinese fans. And the reason it doesn't make a whole lot of sense or it wasn't very fair is the fact that, okay, so we're college students. The Chinese team had three, well, their whole team was made up of professional players. You either were either playing professionally in China at the time or in the NBA at the time. So uh, two of the players were actively playing in the uh, NBA. That would have been Wang Zhiji and Menk Petir. And the third was Yao Ming, who ended up, nine months later being the number one pick in the 2002 NBA draft. So uh, we were college students. They were, they were pros and we were, it was a close game with, I remember clearly uh, I think we were, we were down one with less than a minute left. And one of our players, Juan Dixon, I believe it was drove the lane, shot a floater. Yao Ming came over from the weak side and goaltended it. Right. In, in international play, if the ball hits the rim and the ball's rolling on the rim, you can knock it off. That's fine. But it's the same as far as if the ball hasn't hit the rim and the shot is on its downward trajectory, you, you can't touch it. Well, Yao Ming goaltended the shot on its downward trajectory. Officials didn't call it. We ended up losing the game. Um, we ended up winning third place uh, a couple days later. But uh, that was my experience playing for Team USA. Now, fast forward a few years later, uh, the Polish national team wanted me to play for them uh, in the FIBA uh, Eurobasket. And this would have been, I believe, in 2008 or 2009. Um, they, I was playing with the Clippers at the time. They flew out a delegation uh, at least twice um, to come meet with myself and my wife and, and talk to my agent and kind of see what, what it would take for me to play for, for Poland uh, in the Eurobasket. Now, I have... Polish heritage. Uh, I've got Polish 
um, you know, connections, uh, I believe my great, great grandparents on, on my father's side. Uh, and so it would have been easy to get a passport uh, because I only I didn't play at the highest level for Team USA. You can go play for another country if you get dual citizenship. Now, right now, that's something you see a lot of in the World Cup. You got guys that are American that are playing uh, for other countries because they got dual citizenship. But that was an opportunity for me. Um, I, unfortunately, I didn't uh, go forward with it because I didn't have a contract after that season. Like I mentioned, I was playing for the Clippers. Uh, I didn't have a contract after that for the next season. Uh, so I wasn't comfortable um, not playing in Eurobasket without a without a contract. So looking back, maybe I should have done it, but it would have been about a two and a half month commitment. I uh, didn't know where my contract status lied leading up to it the next year. Um, so that would have been fun, but I, I didn't take advantage of playing for Poland. Just think we could all be calling you the pierogi right now. Uh, you never know. That could be your nickname <laughs> at this point. And also, I just want to point out, Dan, who we were talking to, was a first-round draft pick, 28th overall, meaning that that year there was only 27 better basketball players available in the entire world for people to pick. And Dan is looking at and telling you that the gap, though, between being the 28th pick and being the first pick overall is noticeable. And that Yao Ming is bad memories. And a viewer that asked that question, shame on you for bringing up Dan. Well, I got a great Yao Ming story for another day. So, you know, if you're listening to this and and you want to send a mailbag question in, ask about Yao Ming uh, and his restaurant in Houston. The story is unbelievable. I can't even wait. You already won up me with what, what I think is one of the funniest show moments in history between us. When you hit me with a, you, I thought I made a great Udonis Haslam point. You're like, let me tell you a Udonis Haslam story. So I'm not even going to go in there. I absolutely am ready for that podcast. Next question we got is why is Braden Huff such a mystery? Well, it's, it's because he redshirted a season ago and, you know, it, it's one of those things where years ago um, it was normal for players to redshirt and, um, you would kind of kind of have this mystery guy the very next year appear. And many times, hopefully he was he was an impact player. Sometimes he wasn't an impact player. Now, with you know the amount of information that's typically out there on guys, um, there's there's not a whole lot of mysteries about players. But you're right in the regards that Brayden Huff does still seem like a mystery. Uh, I've been at a number of practices uh over the last year. And I can say this, I think he's talented. Um, I think he's, you know, he brings a little bit of a curveball element, not the way that I've described Drew Timmy, but in the way that he's a lefty. You know, I think all lefties, especially when you put them in the post, uh, have have a unique, are a unique challenge for defenders to guard. Um, I, I think athletically he's improved since the time he stepped on campus. Um, but he's still by no stretch, he, he's still not, you know, uh, a drop dead. Wow. He's an athlete kind of player. He's kind of one of those guys who's cerebral, who's skilled. I think he's a little bit bigger and taller than, than maybe initially he was advertised as. Um, but I know the staff has high hopes for him. And with the fact that, uh, you know, Drew Timmy's gone, there's minutes available with the, the, the fact that, uh, Caden Perry has announced that he's no longer, uh, going to try to play college basketball, I think there's an opportunity right there for him. He's got to show that, um, you know, he's able to to pick up defensive schemes and, and rotations and keep guys in front. I think he's got to be able to prove that he can guard and pick and roll situations on the offensive end of the floor. You know, I think, like again, he's lefty, so he's got that advantage. I think he's creative. 
when I've watched him in shooting drills, he's got a nice touch. Um, but by no means would I say he's a knockdown step out big. Um, but I think he's got a chance uh, to play some minutes this year. Next question we got in reminder, if anyone wants to submit questions, you can find us at Fan Nation Zags and all your social media. You can also get this podcast straight to your phone every single time a new one drops by searching and subscribing to Gonzaga Nation, wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on with the ESPN Plus deal? Can you explain that to the viewers? Um, you know, a, a lot was made about uh, this ESPN Plus deal, and I, I I get it. You know, ESPN is the name in college sports and just sports in general that a lot of people gravitate to and flock to. But really, the only change that it makes for Gonzaga fans are the ones that live outside of the region uh, that gets the KHQ and, and root sports games. So, you know, if you were a Gonzaga fan living in Illinois or living in uh, on the East Coast, you probably couldn't get those regional games unless you got creative, um, you know, with your TV sub, uh, provider services. Or if you were willing and, and you could figure out how to get the WCC Sports website uh, to work uh, and stream properly. I, I've had a number of people ask me, hey, what goes on with it? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> That's well out of my um, you know, job description. I like that um, just so because think- you work in media, you somehow know the coding on the back end of the WCC website. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So I think what this does, it allows you know, uh, anybody to, to buy an ESPN plus membership and have access to all those games, you know, through the ESPN uh, platform, their website. So it should be a lot easier. We actually had an interview last week with uh, WCC commissioner, Stu Jackson, and we talked about uh, the ESPN plus deal and what it meant. And he was really excited about it because um, it gets them on a number of different platforms, streaming um, and outside of the, the normal, just net tv network box so he's excited about it so he explains it in much more detail so if you want to hear kind of the nuts and bolts and how it's going to impact some of the other sports and other schools um that'll be a great podcast to listen to as well and i'm i don't I, I don't think that the studio that we've been building is completely under wraps because our last week we connected you were in there and you showed off a little bit of it so I'm apologize to our wonderful, absolute saint of a content coordinator, creator, who is our boss, um, if I'm spilling the beans here. But that studio is fire. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. You guys are going to love the shows that Dan is producing in there. It is going to be such a jump, like a quantum leap forward. Absolutely, you guys are going to be ready. And that's a great one to kick it off with. I know you guys have been doing some other ones, but that Stu Jackson was going to be a lot of fun. Last question we got. Is- yeah, you know, on that, I'll just say we've recorded a couple virtual in the studio. Um, but then we've also recorded it in person with Greg Heister that'll be releasing soon. We've got three Gonzaga players coming in later this week. So those will release um, you know, later on down the road in the fall. So uh, our content game is definitely picking up. You smell that, America? Dan Dickhouse cooking with gas, finally. Uh, That man has got himself a beautiful studio. It makes his hair even look good, which I know you guys like to clown on Dan for that sometimes. Perfectly quaffed back there. Feathered and lethal is Dan Dickow today. Uh, Last question we got for you, Dan, is Marcus Adams to BYU. What the hell is that? I don't know. You know, I I think – it's one of those things. And, and I touched on it on a podcast the other day is like, Hey, look, there's something going on that we don't know. You go to Kansas, a blue blood, and it's not right for you. 
Are you scared of competition for minutes? I don't know. Any ups and leaves, he commits to Gonzaga. Uh, He's only committed to Gonzaga or signed with Gonzaga for about a month. You know, Uh, then things may not be what he wants as far as thinking how the minutes are going to go. And he up and leaves again. So, you know, it is what it is these days. Players are more tend are, are around this type of approach now more than ever because of that's the AAU basketball world. That's even the high school basketball world now. So it's not, it, it's not a big deal, unfortunately, to kids these days to up and leave so quickly uh, and, and so many times in such a short time frame. Um, but you know what? He's at BYU. Best of luck to him. And uh, we'll see if Mark Pope can get uh, his game right. You could have answered that a lot less uh, politely, but a lot more succinctly by saying, don't know, don't care. He's not our problem anymore. Uh, wish you well. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, kid. Uh, maybe I'm just harsh for that. That's all that we got in this week's mailbag edition. Somebody please hop on some social media and ask Dan about Yao Ming. Just if I need to do it, Dan, I'll tweet at you. Yao Ming question mark, because I want to hear that question. So make sure you guys tune in to the next Gonzaga Nation by searching and subscribing, like we said, to Gonzaga Nation, wherever you get your podcasts or Fan Nation Zags on all the social media. Talk to you guys soon.